Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. They call me the Emerald City Exile. Mitt Romney, Rob Portman, Lisa Murkowski have no idea what they've unleashed with this decision to back the uh, the codification of you absolutely will embrace same-sex marriage. Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Rifle Coffee Company is helping you knock out your holiday shopping. If you have a coffee lover on your shopping list, Black Rifle has the best coffee brewing gear, thermoses, mugs, and apparel, all designed for folks who love America. Stuff your stockings with all of the highest-grade American roasted coffee and become a holiday hero by joining the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Set your coffee delivery schedule to your exact preferences, and it arrives at your door with no shipping fees. It's the gift that just keeps on giving. Looking for patriotic gear and apparel for your friends and family? Be sure to check out all of Black Rifle's new clothing designs. Veteran-founded and run, Black Rifle Coffee Company takes pride in serving Serving coffee and culture to people who love America, and each purchase you make helps support veteran and first responder causes. Head over to BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana to find my favorites and get all of the best merch, coffee, and apparel in time for the holidays. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana. BlackRifleCoffee.com/Dana. Having abortion banned means that we're basically getting our choices of her bodies taken away and as a woman that like speaks volume because now I have to be more careful when I have sex or like it's like standing up for women who get raped or like um, incest and like it's just such a big deal that they're taking this away um, no and it's like we're away. going backwards so way. taking away the right to abortion basically makes you have to think a lot harder about who you have sex with yes okay. oh wow you mean you dare I say it Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. I tell you like it is, and it may be harsh. My way's not everyone's way, but that's fine. I've been in this too long to be uh, kittens and sunshine and sprinkles with my speech, right? And say it like it is. Also for a point, for a purpose. So as I said, welcome back to the program. Dana Lash with you. That was at the Women's March. I Did they have, see, I'm sorry, but did they have that this weekend? Because I totally forgot that it existed. Um, I had was some friends that went. So it was by you. That was in D.C. Yeah, it was at the mall. But I, I, I don't know if it was the Women's March, but it, it was something. Oh, yeah. I because I totally forgot. Oh, I forgot all about it. I just golly. I, as a as a woman and a biologist, you know if that's what it takes. I guess it's a little disappointing that women that we've are still that we can only ever talk about the same things over and over and over again for all of our discussion about the empowerment of women and all of our language and all that you know the the rhetoric to that women themselves don't seem to have gotten that notice and they still keep going back to i want daddy uncle sam to pay for everything I want Daddy Uncle Sam to pay for my abortion on demand as birth control because that's what this is. Like I said previously, no law, there is not a law in the union that prevents the the procedure, however you want to call it, f- from taking pl- from doctors conducting the procedure to when the life of the mother is at stake. That is not even an issue. I don't know why they keep going back to that. And rape and incest are less than 1%. And that's according to the very, very pro-abortion Kutmacher Institute. So I'm, I'm not quite sure. They, it's like this, this 
this Mott Bailey fallacy that the left constantly does. They like to say that they are there, uh, what is their phrase, safe, legal, and rare. But then when you hear them argue about it and defend it, they are talking about limitless and for free. I just, it's just incredibly disappointing that all of this time, that's all we ever hear from women themselves, is about the same issues over and over again. Like nowhere in the past 50, 60 years, women have not gravitated towards talking about the economy and jobs or anything else. Women apparently are only able to talk about abortions and everything else and they act like their inability to police their own reckless sexual promiscuity uh, that that somehow is a war upon them and let's be frank that's exactly what this is i'm not celebrating the reckless sexual promiscuity that women try to retcon their conception through abortion as birth control and that's what we're talking about we're not talking about the rate we're not talking about rape and incest which again is less than one percent we're not talking about life of the mother which that is there is not a state that does not have that incorporated in its trigger laws it is specifically about using it as birth control and it's just we're still over still with this it's just come on ladies and I'm being generous but you heard what she said this was one of the participants at the women's march it means i have to be careful like when i do it now so you don't want the responsibility that comes from engaging in an act which you know could result in conception you so you would have to be responsible <laughs> my gosh and that and for her it is it, i mean it is about birth control that's ultimately what it comes down to I want to set this up because, again, I don't even know why it's the Women's March anymore because doesn't the left say you have to be a biologist to be able to even to say women anymore? I don't know. So this is Harvard Children's Hospital. This is a wild soundbite, and it's a little long, but it's worth it for you to hear. So Harvard, uh, well, it's in a Harvard-affiliated children's hospital. There's a lot of outrage, understandably, from this. It is a bizarre whacked out claim and what they what they say they were kind of they're in a scandal over the age for gender transition whatever surgeries and the hospital had denied that minors were allowed to undergo irreversible surgeries etc whatever but now in this deleted video Boston Children's Hospital they suggested that an even larger number of minors actually know that they're transgender as soon as they can talk, I mean, like even in the womb, listen to this because it's this woke Boston psychologist claiming that tra- from Boston Children's Hospital has their logo and everything on it, that trans identity is known from the womb. Listen to this. So most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty, but a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb, and they will usually express their gender identity as very young children, some as soon as they can talk. They might say phrases such as, I'm a girl, or I'm a boy, or I'm going to be a woman, or I'm going to be a mom. Kids know very, very early. So in the GEMS clinic, we see a variety of young children all the way down to ages two and three, and usually up to the ages of nine. 
when they come into the clinic, they'll see one of our psychologists and we'll be talking to them about their gender. We'll be talking to their family about how to best support that child and how to make sure that that child has the space and support to explore their gender and uh, do well throughout their development. And we'll be answering any parent questions. A lot of parents do have questions and so we answer those questions. The biggest piece of advice I give parents uh, who are coming through the gender clinic at Boston Children's Hospital is to just be supportive. Um, Sometimes you might not understand. Sometimes you feel like you don't know the terms or you don't. This is so weird. So there's a child, a a psychologist who came out and said, it's, you know, look, it takes years for your baby to become their own person. Red State had this child psychologist, Lorna Marsh, who wrote when they, when they're first born, your baby is dependent on you for every need. And they will think that you and them are one and the same. Your baby is aware only of their immediate needs. And that that's they, they spend the majority of their time trying to just gain basic control over their movements and reflexes. And it is the idea, the argument that a, an unborn infant knows the difference, knows the concept between male and female in a world it's never seen. Who boy, that is some serious, serious craziness. How, how many times do you ever hear a two-year-old or a three-year-old say something absolutely ridiculous? Like, oh, like any time every I'm other around. sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Every single time that yeah, I'm around a toddler. Yeah, exactly. My own kids when they were that age. That's just that's just how they are. This idea that it's been actually described by some psychologists as quote hysterical contagion, and they say that's why it's so prevalent in society that. Even some scientists who aren't actually practicing science can be prevailed upon to dismiss common sense or scientific theory or et cetera, et cetera, which is true. I tell you, the most val- one of the most valuable classes I ever had, I had two super valuable classes that I actually learned from. One was in college, and I took, I don't know how many semesters of logic. And the first, though, was actually as a senior in high school. I took a, it was an elective. I took a class on mass hysteria. You had two options that semester, current events or mass hysteria. And I thought mass hysteria sounds fascinating. Let's take that. And it was. And this is kind of really it was sort of a prelude to everything that we see now. I think it was one of the most valuable classes that was ever. I think every high school should teach it now because that's exactly what all of this is. It is this hysteria contagion and that's mass hysteria. It is psychology today said that it's like the shared psychosis. People behave and think erratically. Um, Red State talked about this June bug epidemic of 1962 in which a mysterious disease spread among workers at a textile factory. And after scientists and medical experts looked at it, they found there was no disease and the workers literally fooled themselves into believing that they were sick. It was a social contagion brought about by a high stress work environment. Now, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't discount that there's a social contagion in gender dysphoria. I mean, there should be, we should have research into this, honestly. Gender dysphoria is already classified as a mental illness. And so now you have this massive number of claims of uh, transgenderism, which again, gender dysphoria is classified as a mental illness. The media is obsessed with it. It's all over social media. You have that's being promoted in schools. So, yeah, I think you could definitely absolutely say it seems like it's a social contagion. It's mass hysteria. But the idea that babies. That babies know this stuff. 
I was reading this story, and I actually was just trying to find it on my notes, and I thought I had saved it, but I think I mistakenly did not. But it was this woman. She's an older woman. She's in her 50s. And she was saying that when she was younger, she was a tomboy, and she still kind of is. You know, she's uh, married and has kids, and she worked as a welder. I think she's retired now. She's like in her late 50s. She worked as a welder. She said she was a major tomboy when she was grown up. Loved wearing overalls, loved going out doing stuff boys did. Um, loved to hunt and all this stuff and just would love the mud and the bugs and everything. And she said, I'm so glad that I grew up when I grew up. She said, because if I had grown up like that today, those very attributes would have been used to deny me my womanhood. And that's a really good point. And it comes back to this thing that I this this thing that I've been I've said before and I remember the story where you had leftist activists who were saying that identifying boys and girls clothing like in retail like like retailers like Target or Walmart or something like that using you know the stereotypical pink and blue uh, to denote girls things boys things or whatever was sexist and that there needed to be like a gender neutral yellow and all of this stuff and that all of those things that previously had been used to identify females or had been associated with females or even that with males, ironically, now those same people claim that if the opposite sex has a preference for those or even likes those attributes, then that means that they are not the sex that they were born as, which it is an oxymoron. It's sexist to use those attributes to represent male or female, but you can then simultaneously use those attributes to judge someone's sex regardless of... That's ridiculous. And it's just one of the ways where you have this... this they, they consume themselves with their own illogic. We have more to come. We have headlines on the way as well. And some of the latest too with China and Taiwan and Ukraine... It's hard to understand why anyone would keep voting for record inflation and skyrocketing crime. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with big mobile carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to earn your trust. And when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get your third month free, plus free activation. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, and they use the same towers as all three of the major carriers so you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our god-given rights and freedoms visit patriotmobile.com dana or call their 100 u.s based customer service team at 972 patriot if you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values support a company that does make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana. Or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So Florida's top doctor, it's weird because they tried to erase this tweet, I think, or this, this yeah, Twitter was, was trying to get him in trouble over this, and then they had to walk it back. Florida's top doctor says that men aged... 18 to 39 should not get a coronavirus vaccine because the jab raises the risk of cardiac death by 84%. They say he's skeptic. He's a vaccine skeptic. He's not vaccine skeptic. He's a damned doctor 
who actually understands rushing things like this, particularly if it doesn't actually provide the immunity that a vaccine is supposed to. So what you doing? Dr. Joseph Latipo, he issued the warning over the mRNA coronavirus vaccine. And uh, he's this... Everybody's been talking about myocarditis and pericarditis, and there is a lot of discussion about it. There's enough discussion to completely validate any kind of suspicion. And it's insane that he was censored on Twitter over the weekend before his tweet actually was was reposted. They weren't going to allow it to stay up. He's an actual doctor, but the, the Twitter warriors who are pushing buttons uh, at, at Twitter HQ and San, outside of San Fran... They apparently, I guess, thought that they knew more than this doctor, which is nuts. So, hmm. Uh, Also, speaking of Twitter, apparently they don't really want you to screenshot tweets. There are a couple of pieces about this, and I hate the source of one of them, so I'm not going to give them any attention online. But they were saying that, and I have noticed this as well, because they, if you pay for Twitter's crap service, then you can edit tweets. But now they said that users are complaining about prompts if they screenshot tweets they're asked instead to share or copy links to tweets, and there have been a lot of screenshots posted of this. They don't apparently want you to share the screenshots. They are one, there's something that pops up when you do it, and it says share tweet instead. Very interesting that they do this. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Let's see here. Uh, bird flu was found in Arkansas. A new case. There's always this constantly. Precautions for producers have been urged. The Arkansas Department of Agriculture announced uh, last Friday afternoon that there was a outbreak at one Madison County farm and they said that uh, it does not affect poultry, meat, or egg products. Any kind of poultry, meat, or egg products. Stephen Yates joins us next and then we also have gender and the draft. Stay with us. Hey folks, Dana Lash here for Recoil Gunworks. Not only do they have competitive pricing but right now they're giving all of you out there $20 off of any order of $100 or more and that makes this a great time to stock up before the end of 2022. So visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana and you can use promo code Dana to receive $20 off of any order of $100 or more. Now this offer is only good for a short time and Recoil Gunworks is your web-based firearms ammo and accessories retailer, family owned. And of course, they think like you. They're really well known for their uh, refurbishments, their police trading guns, all in great shape. And you can buy now, pay later with no interest. And I said they have competitive pricing. It's also incredibly easy to use. You can search by caliber, weight, application, and brand. Uh, And of course, they have ammo shipped right to your door where legal, including Illinois, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And you can check out the product restrictions page for further info on all of the state law restrictions. So visit RecoilGunWorks.com dot com slash Dana today get a full list of products and use promo code Dana to receive twenty dollars off of any order of one hundred dollars or more whether you need it in the woods or on the range Recoil Gunworks gets it there fast right now get twenty dollars off when you use promo code Dana on any one hundred dollar order or more at RecoilGunworks dot com slash Dana that's RecoilGunworks dot com slash Dana. The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it. So that made, that was the president part of his 60 minute thing. Apparently that made a lot of people on the left really angry. Yeah. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon hostess Dana Lash here with you. And 
I, I thought that was just really, really fascinating little slip there. Because it was almost like he had to try to walk it back a little bit. He's like, yeah, you know, the pandemic, it's done. It's over. Nobody's wearing the masks. I mean, he says what we've all noticed anyway. Come on. I mean, he did impose the mask the mask mandate, and it was his administration, the DOJ, that went to court to keep, enfor- to keep enforcing them. It was kind of funny that he's like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. We're not making you arbitrarily wear something that scientifically isn't proven to do absolutely anything. Sidebar, over the weekend, I saw someone, Kane, out in the bow, out and about in sunshine, two masks. What? Two. two. Had the little... Uh, one that, I guess, the surgical mask, and then a cloth went over it. I kid you not. That's what I call doubly ineffective. I'm not going to say anything about it publicly, because I appreciate if, and, and they seemed otherwise healthy. I mean, you know, if you have a health issue going on, it still doesn't help you, by the way. Just want to let you know. I'm not even going to play into that. I'm not even going to be like, well, if you have a health issue, I understand. No, if you have a health issue, it's not going to do jack crap, so you might as well stay home. I just am not gonna not gonna sit here and, and fluff fake science. It's not gonna happen. But I, I saw it, I just think that we should just go ahead, let people fly their freak flag. You know what I'm saying? Just go ahead and let that fly. Because it's an advertisement to you, the sane person, the person who doesn't believe that the earth is flat, someone who follows science. That's not gonna save you. And in, and so, you know what? In another way, I kind of feel bad for people. Who, you know, say that there is a, you know, the tiny minority of people that do actually have compromised immune systems. They've been led to believe that this thing is going to protect them. It's like this talisman. They've been, le- they've been led to believe that this mask is going to protect them. And so they'll go out and do things that maybe they shouldn't do because they think that that's going to protect them and it's not. But I did think it was interesting. He said a whole bunch of things in his remarks. We're gonna, one of the ones we're going to get into later is the one on, uh, it, he was talking about Taiwan. Because they had to walk that back, too. He's, I, I mean, it's been a mess. He's, he, this, Politico reported that his handlers, his advisors, did not appreciate his remarks, apparently. He insisted that it was over. And his, I don't know. <sighs> Good heavens. I mean, we are, why is this even controversial? Why is this? This has been over. He's been two years. Didn't it end pretty much like his first year in office? This whole idea of lockdown and pandemic. So why are we still? Oh, oh, you know why. And it's because they like the power. They like the power that it brought. Very much so. Now, Pete Buttigieg, I got to come back to this. You know, he's Pete Buttigieg, the former mayor of South Bend, the admiral of the canoe fleet at Camp Wimpitonka. New dad. He, I guess, took a break from chest feeding. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what he does. There's two things. I have two headlines on him. The first is that he's handed out a federal grant to dismantle a highway that was built to perpetuate racial discrimination. I don't even know how that happens. You build a highway for racism? Is it shipped? How does this work? Does it come right from the DNC into everyone's neighborhoods? I just don't know. So this piece, 
And we've talked a little bit about some of this was a Roosevelt thing. This was his urban, you know, his 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 urban planning and all of this. And and there was actually if you go back in in post-World War, there was an effort from Democrats to kind of divide up communities. And and I say it was an effort from Democrats because the person who was in the White House who originated this plan was a Democrat and all the people that were underneath him, Kane, were also Democrats. And guess what? Everyone else that was involved in it, it rhymes with Schmemocrat. So just so you know. So now they he's he's trying to he's trying to get everyone to talk about old school Democrat stuff. Biden and and now Pete Buttigieg is, is part of the prong on this. They are desperately trying to run from the economy. So what's the best way to kind of talk about the economy, but not really talk about the economy, but let people know that you kind of care about them? Let's go back to the old school 80s, 70s stuff of talking about worker rights. That's what they're doing. Now, keep in mind, they're not going to touch on anything that actually affects the worker paychecks, just the worker rights, as though workers don't have any rights and that this is the great proletariat and we are all in Leninist Russia. That's the way he approaches this. It's so weird. So they've been, they keep trying to, can I just read this sentence to you? Because I want you to tell me WTF this means. Quote, the move is part of Biden, Biden's, uh, the Biden administration's broader effort to remake America's infrastructure to be more equitable, including addressing racist roads designed to facilitate white flight. Now, if this if there was a course in colleges that was focused on uh, completely dealing with BS, it would this sentence would be an entire one the entire semester. Infrastructure to be more equitable. Can we start there? Because this is where we are. This was part of his whole push, and now Buttigieg, he's making the second play on it because they do it in layers. So they were the ones who he announced that there was a federal grant to dismantle an interstate highway in Michigan that had to that was that was just there to facilitate racism. However, that is facilitated. I mean, we don't need any more refineries or anything. You know, we I mean, we do, but no. And. We don't need to do, we don't need any refineries. We don't need, you know, in terms of infrastructure, guys, we don't need to focus on anything that has to do with getting rare earth uh, elements, getting the rare earth minerals, getting those out of the ground and, and, and becoming self-sufficient with this green whatever that the administration wants to do that's just moving us from the cartel of OPEC to the communist cartel of Beijing. No, 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 no. We are talking about destroying highways because they're racist. There is no way that I could read this that does not sound any more ridiculous than I just said it. I'm not exaggerating. I am not. I'm not being more theatrical with this than I need to be for the sake of entertainment. I'm literally reading you the story. And I. I feel like we're all being recorded for a reality show for aliens. That's what I feel like when I when I get into this stuff. It's we are all if I had to take a guess. As to why this all feels so weird and why this is... It's because it's a a reality show for aliens and they're watching us be stupid. It's exactly what this is. I mean, there is nothing in this. They're going to tear down, legit, literally tear down a highway. (sighs) 
Wow, but it's it's not at I don't know, a hundred four point six million dollars in federal funds to tear down this highway. I am not joking you. It's uh, the $1.5 billion grant program called Infrastructure for Rebuilding America. Um, you're tearing down a highway. Can you, highways are infrastructure, right? They are. Okay. So just roll with me, everybody, here for a second. I just want to figure this out. Let's just all walk through. So tearing down a highway, that's infrastructure. It is the... Interstate 375. Okay. And they said it's going to create a slower speed boulevard that's going to improve safety by removing a steep curve and adding LED lighting. And it's not, and it's going to not uh, have it go through what they say is a black community in Detroit. So you're going to cause traffic problems? I mean... Uh, this is not how in the world is this in any way I don't know guys I we are we're doing a reality show for aliens I don't have anything else to say this is a part of the uh, all vestiges of the new deal and urban planet was continued all the way up into 49 it's it's this is it's just super goofy but we're spending that much money on it and we wonder why we have a problem. This is the government spending that we have a problem with. One of my kids came, my youngest son told me that he had a big debate with uh, his teacher in school. He's in high school. Had a big debate with his teacher in high school. And his teacher was suggesting, you know, one of the problems that we have right now with inflation, there's a, a really good way that we can combat this. And the teacher actually told my child, my child who has my DNA sitting in there with my last name and my mouth, told, tells the classroom that includes my child, that well, all we got to do is increase taxes and we can remedy inflation. Now, you know how that conversation went because my youngest son is Alex P. Keaton if Alex P. Keaton was on steroids. And he is a math dude. He is, I mean, he enjoys calculus. Something wrong with him. I don't know. He's that kid. And he immediately starts in. Immediately starts in. And he's right because here's the problem. Think about it. Sure. Go ahead, just because this is what Democrats want to do. They keep saying we got to raise taxes so that we can pay for some of these infrastructure programs. What do you think that the whole uh, not really reduce the Inflation Act was? Sure, go ahead and increase taxes. Sure, absolutely, you are correct. That will temporarily cut inflation. But guess what else? People are going to be taxed because the government won't stop spending during a period of collecting record revenue. Right now, we already see record revenue being collected by the government. So clearly, the issue isn't one of taxation. It is one of government spending. But let us go with this theory for one moment, shall we? Sure, you just keep taxing people to pay for increased government spending that the government refuses to stop. And then what happens when, and it's when, not if, we, that, when that temporary fix wears off, what are you going to do then? If you refuse to put cutting government spending on the table, you think that you're going to go back to the well and tax people more in order? No, because you, you've already taken all their money. You can't tax them anymore. And you're going to start a downward spiral into a depression. 
I mean, it's a temporary fix that actually makes the problem worse and guarantees that you will see it a second time rather quickly and it'll be worse than the first. Very interesting. But this Pete Buttigieg, it's, it's, this is hurt and rescue. This is absolutely hurt and rescue. And I've talked about this before on the show. I don't want to do a total deep dive into it right now, but... I, I do think it's very interesting that you have Pete Buttigieg who's going out with this transportation aspect of this. And yet when you when you look at what kicked off and what helped to cause all of this, I mean, the people who were in government decided that this is going to be a great way after the war. This is how they were going to handle everything. And this is how they were going to modernize communities and 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 connect different areas with industry. And they were the ones who decided to plan all of this. And it's the same people who made these decisions. It's the same ideology coming back around and saying, oh, well, we hurt you and screwed you over the first time. This time we're really going to do it right. I mean, they're tearing down a highway for crying out loud. Now, a couple of other things. The, and I have more on Buttigieg because he's eyeing running for Senate. You know this, right? He's looking to, he's looking to, I, I mentioned this about, I looked at my notes about three months ago. He's looking at moving towards Michigan because he wants to run he has dreams for higher office he doesn't have the resume for it but he has dreams for higher office and apparently someone got Barack Obama and Joe Biden's thoughts on this and I'll share that with you here on the way also the railroad strike the deal that was made between the White House and the railroad union somebody got mad at me for this I'm going to talk about that here coming up that does have the potential to fall apart. We're going to talk about that as well. And in Denver, they're paying people to not be homeless. Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of the Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. God rest Rush. I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. Mitt Romney, Rob Portman, Lisa Murkowski, and the usual, let's call them cultural cowards, have no idea what they've unleashed with this decision to back the uh, the codification of you absolutely will embrace same-sex marriage. Check out the Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. As we are beginning a weird week because Monday is a big news day and it's been a lot of coverage of what's been going on in Britain because they had the queen's funeral and they lowered her. I guess it's the family vault as I read crypt vault, same thing, right? Uh, but that's been getting wall to wall coverage. I, and you know what? At, at first I was like, Oh, can we talk about a lot of the news? Can we talk about the news happening here in the United States? But you realize what we all, what they just were playing all over every major news station and cable news network a church service they were playing a church service we watched a christian funeral and they were playing a christian there was a church service people were singing hymns so i'm not against it because how often does that happen think about it how often does something like that happen you you there were a lot of good messages shared about uh, Jesus Christ and and uh, really what happens after we shuffle off this mortal coil for people who have faith. It was very, so I'm not against it, actually. The more I thought about it, I was like, I'm not actually against this. I think we should, no, go ahead. I don't care with all the pageantry. I love that we had a Christian 
church service that was played for all, across the world. Now, coming up, there's some very interesting behind-the-scenes stuff of all the world leaders because that does actually impact some foreign policy. You know, you have to be careful. You can't set the North Korean ambassador next to the South Korean president. Who's, can you imagine being in charge of that? Every single country, country's leader or ambassador there, apparently, everybody, all, they all have issues with each other. So the Jenga of that seating arrangement. Plus, coming up, worrisome news, a key... E- economic indicator has gone negative we're going to discuss that corporate virtue signaling energy wokery oh my gosh this woke story that i have for you is one of the worst stick with us second hour on the way so in the last week or so we've heard the president calling elected republicans a threat to the country does he think MAGA republicans are more of a threat to the country than people dhs says may pose a risk to national security and the safety of local communities? Again, DHS has disputed this report. It's, uh, and it said it didn't take into account the key steps uh, that we have taken as a U.S. government, the rigorous uh, multi-layered screening and vetting process that we take as a government. That was not part of the report. Uh, again, this report is not accurate. Uh, I know that our team has spoken to your team about this, and uh, the DHS has provided a comment saying just that. So, again, I refer it to DHS. DHS, are we going to actually, first off, they've been accused of failing to properly vet refugees coming in from Afghanistan. So I'm not quite sure how much we want to, with any government agency at this point. Welcome back to the program. Second hour of the show. I'm Dana Lash, your hostess, your lovable curmudgeon here this Thursday afternoon. And we're watching a lot of stuff going on, everything going on in the UK and all that stuff with the, the their new prime minister and of course the queen will give you any updates that they have because i know some of you are interested in that uh but with this this was peter Ducey asking corinne jean pierre this yesterday and i he makes a really good point are these political people or people who believe this do they they voted for trump are they more of a threat to the country than the actual people dhs says may pose a risk to natural national security Her answer was unsatisfying. Entirely unsatisfying. And he was right to ask that. Why is it, by the way, that he is the only person who asks her? I think that there's maybe one or two. You have Jackie Heinrich. Of course, she's also with Fox. But then you have you have one other who was uh, who was there that asked. I can't remember what his name is, Um, but he every now and then he gets, you know, he asks a pretty good question. So this, uh, her answer was just not, not uh, satisfying at all. Not at all. And I really do think it was interesting when you had Hillary Clinton get out there and say, well, I really think that we need to be careful of, you know, what we say. Talking about Biden, she said she didn't believe that his remarks were divisive, but yet at the same time. She doesn't believe that, you know, that you, that he, I guess she thinks that you should watch what you say. You, she called people deplorables. It was pretty much, you know, right down with what Biden has been saying. So a few things still to touch on here uh, as we are barreling through another week. I can't already believe it's September. 
It does seem crazy, right, that it is already September. I'm going to get into some of the midterm stuff. I want to go, though, really quickly back to the story that we had in our headline section. Portland suing is, is now suing a retailer. Granted, it's a bougie retailer. Remember back in, in what was it, the 20, 2020, 2019, all the riots, everything else that happened, particularly 2020? So in Portland, where, is that where you had the uh, chest chop? Where you had the make the like they they tried to actually farm and it was horrific because they actually did not know how to farm. They bought like brought vegetables at the store, like vegetable plants. They didn't even get heirloom stuff, meaning you know they didn't even get anything that you you, you know you would have seeds that could just reproduce by themselves. It, just nuts. Anyway, so they allowed them to do that forever. You ended up having people getting killed. There was a teenager who got killed. Uh, you had a uh, I will never get over this. Don't forget the SoundCloud warlord. Remember the guy who was the sound clown artist? Sound clown. Oh my gosh, it's a verbal typo and we're keeping it. Sound clown for people who think they're musicians using the computer but aren't. He was a sound cloud artist. Artist is really getting abused here. And he just pulls up his little car and he starts giving people rifles right out of the back of his vehicle, right? Remember all that? So while all this was going on, you had the rioters going around busting up so many businesses. They were setting stuff on fire, damaging stores, and they went after this Louis Vuitton. Of course they did. But they didn't see, they they only believe in, they they say they don't believe in capitalism, but at the same time, then they went and stole $300,000 worth of merchandise. The irony of not believing in capitalism, but stealing for yourself a Louis Vuitton is just one of the most basic, basicity, basic things I can think of. And so they damaged the store there. They stole all this merchandise. They busted up the store. They caused extensive damage. And so as a result, Louis Vuitton said, now nah, we ain't paying our 2020 tax bills there. Why should we? I don't disagree with them. So in a, cir- in a county circuit court, a complaint was filed. The city said that Louis Vuitton owed them 23825 in business taxes. For what? You refuse to allow that business to be protected. You refuse to do it. And not just that business, but a number of others. Louis Vuitton can stand up and do this because it's Louis Vuitton. It's a French billionaire company. You know, Salma Hayek's husband essentially owns it. He owns the luxury group that owns Louis Vuitton and all this other stuff. That's Salma Hayek's husband. So this, that's why she always is dressed so nice. She's like in the fanciest outfits. My point is that they can do this where you got mom and pops that can't do this stuff. They can't, you know, have this legal fight. But Louis Vuitton can apparently because they got the money to do it. Good for them. They, you know, they make a lot of their stuff in Dallas now, too. Remember that when Trump came to Dallas because they opened up? It was huge. They're one of the only only uh, so-called luxury brands. I watched this. I don't want to get into the ditch. I'm going to come back to Portland. Give me a second. So do you remember how the whole thing of uh, the, the pandemic uh, kicked off in Italy? I was reading all about this. They've had a problem for a decade with illegal immigration. And they would have uh, long-standing Italian uh, faci- like manufacturing facilities that did the leather and did the tanning and all this other stuff, the leather tanning and all that, um, to make things for all of these different designers, not just for ladies' handbags, but for shoes and belts and things for dudes, wall- all this kind of stuff. 
And they were, a lot of them sold and were purchased by major Chinese companies that were based in where? Wuhan. Uh, it's a major business area. And so there, at one point, they had had a lot of protests because whenever the Italians were getting, when they would get upset over the illegal immigration and the accusations of sweatshops running in these facilities that had previously been Italian owned, and then they were bringing a lot of illegal immigrants in and they were running essentially, like I said, sweatshops. And when Italians and the city were, were, pro, were, were raised concerns or objections over this, they were called racists. So they stopped just to keep the peace. They stopped raising a fuss about it. Well, then when the pandemic started, you can actually find this article. I wrote about it. The uh, mayor of that of, the, of of that town in that area, because it was all in the Prado area and elsewhere, they were saying that one of the reasons why they didn't actually say anything initially and want to restrict flights in at the start of the pandemic was after everything that they went through with the immigration debacle, they did not want to once again be called racist. No joke. That is how that happened. So, to now, uh, this th- they have the Louis Vuitton. They have the money to do this, and they're one of the only. There's very few of those high-end brands that actually do all of their stuff in very carefully watched. Uh, you know, whether it, either it's French or Spanish or Italian. Uh, facilities that manufacture this stuff and they moved a big part of their operations to Dallas and Trump came to Dallas to view it so a lot of the stuff is now American made very interesting so they got the money to do this so anyway to Portland back to Portland they had such extensive damage like they I mean it looked like a storm broke through that store it, I mean, windows busted you know, boarding up doesn't do you know when you got riots and the, and the police are told not to do anything what are you going to do so they went in, busted everything up, extensive damage, stole, pretty much wiped them out. And they, they, Louis Vuitton was like, we're not paying taxes here. What are we paying taxes for? Where's the return on our investment? Y'all didn't, y'all didn't protect our business. You, you didn't do nothing. Hardly anybody went to jail there for it. Hardly anybody. And so now the city actually is filing suit against them. They said, no, no, you still owe us 20, almost $24,000 in business taxes and interest. Uh, you you also owe the county another eighteen thousand dollars. So you and then that comes up, blah blah blah. So long story short, they're like, oh, now you get forty two thousand two hundred sixty eight dollars for that, and the county business tax payments and the city payments, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The city states that it provided notice to Louis Vuitton about its tax obligations and demanded payment, but the company pretty much said pound sand. This is funny. Now, the lawsuit, National Review got the lawsuit. They said it doesn't actually say exactly why they won't pay their taxes, but I, they, the company will not address questions from the media. But Portland media outlets have noted that the taxes in question are specifically from 2020. And that's when, that is when exactly the store was ransacked and damaged and pretty much, and well, wiped out entirely of merchandise. And all these other businesses were destroyed. A lot of the businesses couldn't reopen there. That was in, on May 29th, 2020 was when the, when the rioters really kicked off. And that's when they broke into the Pioneer Place Mall. They raided all those stores. There was all kinds of viral videos of it. Everybody wore a mask. And you could see them ransacking the store. There's video of them doing it. I mean, it's over in total about a million dollars worth of damage. And that includes these stolen goods. Now, they also went after Apple Store, Capital One, H&M. They totally destroyed the Starbucks. There's all kinds of video of that, too. They said it was anarchy. And remember, city officials, what did they say? Oh, they just kind of said it was, you know, it was okay. No, no need to worry about it. The, the remarks I remember that they had were insulting and offensive. 
So I think that this is, I mean, you had the city, they spent $12 million in Portland. The Portland Police Bureau alone. And this is according to a couple of, I want to make sure I give attributions properly. There's a couple of figures of that. Uh, This is some of the Portland local media, Portland Police Bureau and others. They were saying about, uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy. And NRO as well. Their Portland Police Bureau data government website. They spent $12 million in taxpayer money responding to all the riots. And get this, over half of that actually all was incurred the first month of the riots. That's how bad it was there. They said that there were 35 riots in the city that year alone. And they were all, um, this is this is how they said, they said they included self-identified socialists, anarchists, Antifa, trans activists, disaffected people struggling with mental illness. Would you pay your, would you pay on that? I wouldn't. I'd tell them to go pound sand. I'm, I'm already mad that I, that we're, we got to, what, we're getting hit with taxes. What did y'all get? Think about this for lockdown. How much in tax did you pay? Anything is too much, in my opinion. How much in tax did y'all pay? A lot, right? Oh, yeah. Did you get the return on your investment? Hell no. Mom and dad, your kids in school, did y'all get the return on your investment? Grandma and grandpa, do you, think, do you feel like your grandkids got the return on their investment for school? What about the kids that you pay for school for your property tax? Everybody's got a private tuition bill that they all pay in the form of a property tax. Did y'all get? Do you feel like the kids that ain't yours that are being educated, do you feel like that you got the return on your investment for that? Because we had an imminent domain of our ability to produce income. Never forget that that's what that is. Imminent domain of our ability to produce income. The government seized the action of generating income. That's why those PPP loans, for the first time ever, I didn't actually get mad about government giving money because it's taxpayer dollars that you're getting back. And all the people who are complaining the loudest about people taking money, they didn't pay near as much in tax as the people who got the loans did. I know that for a fact. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-mm-mm. So uh, a few things. This is so stupid. A new study says PMS mood swings and anxiety are a global public health issue. You know what? Premenstrual mood swings, really easy to talk to your lady doctor and deal with that, especially if it's like premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is when your hormones, some women, their hormones get a little nuttier, and that's totally normal. But anxiety, everybody gets anxiety. The difference is that some people just learn how to cope with it. I, I just, golly, I'm not even going to get into I'm just going to get mad. That's what's going to happen. This this totally shocked me. Okay, so I am really want to dive and look where I have changed. How in the world is this possible? 2004 quarters, like quarters that have the 2004 year on them, are worth $2,000 apparently, and one could be in your pocket. What? All right, how is it? They, what? It's the coins came out in 2004. It's the Wisconsin State Quarter. They show a cow, mm, a wheel of cheese, mm, ear of corn on the back. That's all right. And the valuable ones have something special going on with the corn. So on TikTok, TikTok, um, which I don't go on, uh, a user called CoinHub posted a video saying, "Look, the what makes them valuable is an extra leaf on the corn. It's a tiny mark under one part of the vegetable that increases the quarter's value." It's referred to as the high extra leaf. It's not supposed to be there. If you have a 2004 quarter with the high extra leaf on the corn, I can't even believe this is a thing. Dude, they had one quarter in great condition with that mark, and it sold for $2,530. I'm looking at my 
How in the world is that a thing? Man, I don't know. So the iPhone 14 and the 14 Pro, the Apple Watch 8, and the Ultra and AirPods Pro 2, they were announced yesterday. I think the 14s are like ridiculously circusly bigger. And they said that they're not raising prices for their phones despite inflation. That was surprising. Stick with us. More in store. We're now as a nation battling a threat from within. Is the threat equal or greater than what we faced after 9-11? That's an interesting question. Um, I have held many elected offices as district attorney, attorney general, senator, now vice president. And there's an oath that we always take which is Everyone takes to me. defend and uphold our Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We don't compare the two in the oath, but we know they both can exist, and we must defend against it. This is such a stupid way to dance around the whole thing. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of the hour here for our second hour of the show this Monday. It is such a just a chicken way to dance around what they really want to say. Which is, do you think that MAGA people, that people who voted for Trump, are they as dangerous as terrorists? The terrorists who took down the Twin Towers? That's what Chuck Todd wanted to ask. And Kamala Harris wanted to say yes. But see, they realize how ridiculous it sounds. So they don't go all the way up to the line. They just go up enough. Just right, right up to it. That's what the whole, that's what all of this is, this whole point. Just plant that seed. It was, what it, but that's an interesting question. <clears throat> she's, she's saying that as a way to buy herself time to figure out how to respond to it. What she ought to have said is, well, no, I mean, what are you, what are you referencing, Chuck? If she would have said that, he would have been like, he would, then he would have, it would have put it back on him and he would have had to try to, deal with any kind of fallout from comparing January 6th to literally 9-11, which is what they're all doing without have, without doing it. They're all trying to do that without doing it. That was their entire narrative over the weekend. Well, January 6th, you know, it's so bad. You had Mark Warner out there. That's what Chuck Todd's suggesting. It's not just him. There's others. Audio sound by 13. Hillary Clinton, 9-11. She's doing the same thing. Listen to this. We are in a funny position, uh, Dana, because there's a small but very vocal, very powerful, very determined minority uh, who wants to impose their views on all the rest of us. And uh, it's time for everybody, regardless of party, to say, no, that's not who we are as Americans. This is so stupid. What does this even mean? Who's trying to impose their views on all of us? That's Constitution. Yeah, damn you, Constitution. I mean, these answers sound like they sound like junior high expositions on what they think voting is. That's what it sounds like. No one's trying to force their viewpoint on anyone else. A rejection of their viewpoint to them signifies, well, they're just trying to force their viewpoint on everybody. No, they just don't want to. They just don't agree with you. That's all it is. They just don't agree with you. They spent all yesterday walking right up to the line trying to compare 9-11 to January 6th. Did anyone actually come out? But Well, Mark Warner came the closest. 
he came the closest to he actually said January 6th. Everyone else went right up to the line. Even Biden went right up to the line. That is so cowardly. Absolutely cowardly. I just I think it diminishes January. It diminishes September 11th by trying to associate it with a riot. Mostly peaceful riot. Right. Isn't that what they do? That broke away from the the over, the event that was blocks and blocks away. And then there are questions. Did it break away or was it just people around there? Because Trump was still on stage speaking when people apparently were entering the Capitol. So I don't know. There's questions. But heaven forbid we ask those. Heaven forbid. If you ask those, it makes Adam Kinzinger mad. Adam Kinzinger got mad at uh, Alex Brusowitz, who I know. And was apparently he was putting out he's basically doxing and putting his information out on social on Twitter because Brucewitz's company apparently got some PPP loans. How imagine this, the audacity of people to shame businesses who took PPP loans. I don't like PPP loans. I don't think they should ever have been given. But that's because I don't believe that we should have ever been locked down. The government committed. I'm going to say this as often as necessary. The government committed imminent domain where it concerns our ability to earn a living. They seized. They had they had imminent domain. They had federal seizure of our ability to generate an income. They locked everyone down to the point where people couldn't even pay their mortgages, their rents, whatever. And they created the PPP loan which is our tax dollars to give to businesses who pay a lot of tax into the federal government so that they could keep their employees afloat and doors open. That's, there, were, there were rules that went along with it. And if they didn't abide by the rules, then they had to pay it back. But I love how people act like the PPP loan is, oh, well, they're, you're, just, you're getting loans. And that a lot of the businesses that got this paid more in tax than the people bitching about it. I didn't take a PPP loan, but you know what? I pay taxes. It is my, I, because my income is stolen from me by the government under threat of, of jail, I have to uh, pay my tribute to the federal government because our income is stolen. I have every right to go and ask for some of my dollars back. And don't think for a damn second that I wouldn't. It's because my, it's my money. Craziness. Absolute craziness. But he was like shaming everyone. So here you have the government who shut everyone's businesses down, made it to where they couldn't generate an income, and then shamed businesses that took back some of the money that they paid into the federal government to stay afloat. And Kinzinger supported it the entire time. You're mad because people are doing what you... And they, and they were doing it as retaliation for student loans. Because it, like those are in any way similar. Adam Kinzinger is one of the dumbest people to ever hold an elected seat. I don't know who actually has more of an intellectual deficit. If it's Kinzinger or Buttigieg. I don't know. Adam Kinzinger is, is the, I don't even know how to say this. He doesn't have any qualities, which are, I, I mean, as a person, he doesn't have a marketable countenance. At least Buttigieg, Mayor Poot, uh, Secretary Mayor Newman Poot, Buttigieg looks all wide-eyed and goofy. You know what I mean? 
it gives them a little plausible deniability about any sort of malicious intent because someone who looks goofy, you just can't possibly imagine that they would be capable of malicious intent. Kinzinger looks mad all the time and he stands for Liz Cheney so hard. Dude, you got redistricted out of your seat by the Democrats whose butt you kissed to keep it. it you're going to be fine. Get Just, you know, it's all done. Good heavens. Now, a few other things to hit. We have uh, Stevie Yates coming up in our third hour, as per usual. This teacher, I want to get in some education. This teacher is in Texas, Franklin High School. Her name's Amber Parker. There was an 18-second audio clip uploaded to TikTok. And she was heard urging her students to call pedophiles, quote, minor attracted persons. That is, oh man, in Texas. She's 53. She taught English at a school in El Paso. The school district was immediately informed of what happened, I can imagine. And she was suspended and then ultimately she was fired. She was caught on tape telling them, she said, quote, stop calling them that. You're not allowed to label people like that. Stop it, Diego. We're not going to call them that. We're going to call them MAPs, minor attracted persons. So don't judge people because, oh my gosh. She says, don't judge people because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Oh, I'm going to judge. I'm going to judge so much judging. May have some physical judging too. Oh my gosh. I think if you're excusing it, then you're culpable. I think that you're pedophile adjacent if you excuse it and defend it like she did. Man, I hope that the parents involved in the school, honestly, that's what we need to, I, I, I think people who defend pedophilia sh- and they, they try to make up these stupid names for it, I think they should be, we should call them pedophile adjacent. They are. If you're defending this, you're culpable. I, I think that's a capital offense to touch on the death penalty thing. I think pedophiles, if you're a convicted pedophile, you should immediately be put to death when your trial is over. If you're preying on children, there's no space for you here on this rock. I volunteered to do it for free. I'd save all you taxpayers a lot of money. My goodness. I'd offer, I'd pay my own travel. I'd pay for everything myself. I'd save you all money. Just saying. We, there is this, this deterrent. This is insane. So she's, this, this woman has no place in school. I'm glad that the school district reacted the way it did as swiftly as it did. And what gets me is she was teaching children about the crucible, the play. And somehow, I mean, she's, she's a grandmother. She is a grandmother. I got to be honest with you. If I heard a grandparent of my kids talking like this. Oh, man. There's no cave in the Ozarks where they could hide. Oh, no. Mm-mm. If I heard him talking like this, talking like this, there's no cave in the Ozarks where they'd hide. This is just wild in Texas. And you can, in the video, because she references a student by his first name, she says, no, Diego. So apparently Diego... A student in the class used the term pedophile and she got mad. 
and was correcting him. One of the students who the student who who captured that on video, I hope that they get an extra credit A. I hope their I hope their family and the other families at that school thanks that child for doing what they what they do. You need to tell your kids too that they have every right when stuff like this goes down in the classroom to record it. I don't care if it's in a public school or private school. You're the parent. That's your money. Those people are serving you. Don't get it twisted. They are your employees. You have a partnership with them. And by the way, do you notice that whenever you say, oh, well, you're, they're your employees, the people who get real sensitive about this, they bristle because they do, they do not understand the concept of the agreement between employer and employee. They immediately look, they devalue work immediately by believing that it is somehow an inferior position, which I find that's a messed up, that's a messed up way of thought that some people have. You're providing someone a service. Someone needs a service. Where's the power? But you're the parent and you, this is your child. You absolutely have a right to speak up and record. I've told my kids before, something like this happens in school, you record it. There's not going to be a single administrator that's going to take issue with it. Crazy. One of my kids uh, in one of their schools, uh, well, and this was uh, some years ago, maybe about six years ago. It was in a it was a, a class and they were discussing the it was it was a Bible class. They were discussing the Bible and it was a leftist Christian teacher who does not work there anymore. And she was trying to make the argument that Jesus was a socialist and my oldest son was not having it. He was he actually got referenced uh, refer, he actually got referred to the principal's office because his and he wasn't being disrespectful. He just does not back down. You think I'm bad? You ain't even heard. He just did not back down. And he challenged her on the concept of free will and was asking her why she believes in a system that denies free will when God gives it and totally owned her. And it made her mad because she owned him in class or she, he owned her in class. And I'm, you know, I'm talking to, you know, administrators and I'm like, what's the issue here? It sounds like we need a smarter teacher. She didn't last a month longer. It's ridiculous. You have every right, and you need to make sure your kids, which I'm sure, you know, I'm kind of preaching to the choir with a lot of you listening, but you should empower your friends who maybe don't listen or who maybe, you know, don't entirely agree. You need to let them know that their kids should be empowered to speak up when stuff like this happens. Golly, because think about all all the stuff like this that is not caught. And for the people out there who are like, well, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm being watched all the time in the classroom. Well, you know what? If you're not, you took this job willingly, yes? If you're not doing anything like defending pedophilia, then you have nothing to worry about, correct? Kind of how I look at it. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. I'm going to try to get through some. These are ridiculous. I got to get through them quick. All right, so first and foremost, how was your weekend? Because this father and son had of a hell of a time. They were, they're wanted in a Lake Helen wedding reception beat down. Volusia County, Florida, two men whom deputies say severely beat a Lake Mary man at a wedding have been arrested finally. Joel O'Grady, 38, and his son, Julian Falkenberg. What a name of Sanford. They were arrested by police late Friday evening. According to Volusia County Sheriff's Office, they were at a wedding reception when they got into a fight with another man in the parking lot. They beat him over the head and face until he became unresponsive. So they were taken into custody. And a bizarre Florida man got jail time after putting laxatives in his son's medication. 
14 months in prison. Boy, I hope some people have make sure he has a good time there. Mm -hmm. Third hour next. Stay with us. You know, we've we've. I mean, I think at some point you're going to have to embrace the the fact that this is happening to a certain extent. I would say, look, you've got people that want to work. They want to do an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, not for slave wages. Give them an honest day's pay. And you've got a shortage of workers. If you go to any restaurant in San Antonio, Texas right now, you're going to wait a long time to get your table, even though there's empty tables, because there's not enough wait staff to wait on you. This guy. They're, you're going to wait a long time for your food because there's not enough this people to, to cook it in the back. Half the cooks maybe aren't, aren't showing up to work or they've quit hire off. these folks give them the opportunity to work legally and then make sure that the that the employers that are employing them are doing it the right way Man, isn't that and just like somebody on the left and then here's the catch this is the bear the bear county sheriff he says he always tired of long waits for tables so he's telling restaurants in san antonio to hire two million illegal aliens who illegally crossed during this whole border crisis thing this is the guy who's like i'm gonna go over and investigate Ron DeSantis. i mean yes i know there were 53 dead illegal entrance at in a overheated to death in a truck in my county but i'm going to investigate ron DeSantis. this guy welcome back to the program dana lash here with you as always walking you through the week yeah kane notes there's actually five million illegal crossings since biden took office so this dude is essentially telling all these restaurants hey go ahead and violate the law go ahead and violate the law hire someone also is that not so racist you know all these people are good for is restaurant work working as uh, bus boys and stuff. I mean, that's what he's saying. You know, heaven forbid they want to, you know, people want to come to the United States and be business owners and, you know, actually do hard work that Democrats don't want to do. Uh, you know, like you know, making the economy go. No, they all, Democrats just assume that people want to come in the country only to do the, like, the lowest common denominator work. That's what I hear from everybody on the left. Is that not so inherently racist? I mean, they're, they're acting like we're, we're against racism. Alpha, we need people to clean the tables at our restaurants, so let's hire these people. I mean, good grief. This guy. Okay, so going from the Bear County Sheriff, I wonder if he's going to get sassy like Art Acevedo did. Remember Art Acevedo, anytime you criticize them, I'm going to use my police department to spy on you. He actually said that. I got the tweets. He tweeted it. Do you, uh, yesterday we had the story, let me pull this up. And I can't even believe this guy is walking. Well, he's right now. He's on bail. I can't even believe he was able to bond out. Kane, I mean, Kane, when you murder someone, you shouldn't be able to just give over $50,000 and walk out, right? That's supposed to I mean, I think that you... Shouldn't you be detained until your trial? Yeah. It's murder. Yeah, I mean, it's like legit... Especially when you admit to it. Murder. But it's D, different. So the guy who... The adult grown man who murdered... A Republican teen. Well, we're assuming the kid was Republican. I mean, I, sh- I should, you know, be honest. I mean, like, we're assuming that he's Republican because, yeah, he, because the guy said that he thought he was a Republican. And it was interesting. I was listening to an update on this this more early this morning, and they were saying that, oh, the law enforcement, you know, the investigators are still, you know, they're, 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 Really slow to say that this, you know, absolutely was, you know, political, whatever. It was, dude, come on. So this guy, Shannon Brandt, he spent days in the Stutzman County Jail on criminal charges because he killed 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson. And he was the one who told police that it was because of politics. The pair had a political argument. Were they at a concert or something? 
And he was and he posted fifty thousand dollar bond. Now he's back on the street. And so he posted fifty thousand bond, was released according to county jail records. And he's also stopped speaking to law enforcement and all of that. I want you to listen to this audio. Listen to this self-absorbed murderer. This made my blood boil last night. Here he is talking to police. He doesn't quite understand the charges against him. Listen. I don't understand the differences. 41-year-old Shannon Brandt had a tough time understanding the charges against him, vehicular homicide, and leaving the scene of a deadly accident. A judge ordered Brandt held on $50,000 cash, which he objected, saying he's not a flight risk. I have a job and a, and a, a life and a house and things that I don't exactly want to see, you know, go by the wayside. Wow. You, you know who probably else had things that he didn't want to see go by the wayside, the teenager he murdered. He murdered Kaylor Ellingson, 18 years old, hadn't even started his life. And Brandt admitted that he hit, hit him and that it was because he thought he was a part of a re- Republican extremist group. I mean, remember this, Audio Soundbite 6? Go ahead and play this. Remember this? Remember this here? Compared to a Democratic rally, we're making real progress. We passed the Inflation Reduction Act to bring down costs, the bipartisan infrastructure law to rebuild America, the American Rescue Plan to bring our economy back, and so much more. But the extreme MAGA Republicans want extreme to take it Extreme MAGA all Republicans. Back. Or you know, what about this? Audio sound by 20. How many times have you heard extreme MAGA Republicans, extreme MAGA Republican extremists? Listen. Extreme uh, MAGA uh, agenda that you heard him talk about last week is a threat to the rule of law. Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. You know, when you ask me about the MAGA agenda, especially as it relates to Congress, as it re- relates to elected officials, uh, it is one of the most extreme agendas that we have seen. But the extreme MAGA Republicans in Congress have chosen to go backwards. And he's called that. He called that extreme. He called out the MAGA Republicans in the Senate for that. But also to draw a contrast with what the extreme MAGA Republicans represent. We need to look at what's what's before us and how extreme these Washington politicians, these MAGA Washington freaks are. Emboldened by January 6th, MAGA politicians are waging a sinister campaign across America, the country to subvert our future elections. They won't forget the MAGA uh, Republicans descending on their school board meetings. While MAGA Republicans are fixated on their extremist agenda like a national abortion ban, Democrats are focused on creating jobs. And the MAGA movement is an extremist movement. So it's no longer Republicans versus Democrats. It's Americans versus MAGA. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. But then the MAGA Republicans are the people who believe in the election lie, who make excuses for the people at the Capitol. And they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election. But then the MAGA Republicans are the people who believe in the election lie, who make excuses for the people. So is it surprising that somebody like 41-year-old Shannon Brandt would hear, you know, month after month after month, year after year, MAGA, extreme MAGA Republicans, extreme MAGA, 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 dangerous uh, extremists. And that's what he told police, that he thought that this 18-year-old was a part of some, that he was an extremist Republican, a part of some extremist Republican group. 
That was, he literally said, quote, he admitted that he hit the pedestrian and that the pedestrian was part of a Republican extremist group. Okay, yeah, well, Kaylor Ellingson's parents are like, what? Excuse us? And he was, I mean, he told on himself, he told police this. Now, can you imagine, and here's what I think is stunning. At first, he was very forthcoming. He was acting like he did a community service. He was forthcoming to police. Yes, I hit him because I thought he was an extreme Republican. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. And then when he realized, I think that this was not, he wasn't going to be rewarded, I guess, for taking out an extremist Republican. Then he stopped working with law enforcement. He lawyered up and stopped talking, stopped cooperating with law enforcement. And there you are. He admitted to consuming alcohol prior to the incident, admitted to striking the pedestrian because he had a political argument with the pedestrian and believed the pedestrian uh, was part of a was a a Republican extremist and calling people to come and get him, according to the court document that I just read. He left the scene of the incident and then returned after where he called 911. Okay, well, that's right there. You're in big trouble because you're not allowed to leave the scene and he didn't render aid or anything like that. Now, his bail was set at fifty thousand dollars. I just noted that uh, uh, $50,000, that seems pretty low. Especially when you consider Kyle Rittenhouse's bond, when it was self-defense on video, was $2 million. So self-defense on video, $2 million. Running over an 18-year-old because you think they're Republican, 50000 Hmm. Well, I just Googled what's the average bail for murder. Mm-hmm. And for a second-degree murder charge, bail can start around 250000 whereas first-degree murder charges, bail can skyrocket to amounts above a million. And That's 50, insane. This guy got 50K. That is insane. It's all about control. It's all about control. And using the courts to do so. Or, like, using health department bureaucrats audio sum by 21 this is what we've all been saying and he knows that he's going to go retire someone said he's going to go back to the sewers that just makes him sound like you know a teenage mutant ninja turtle hero so don't say that said this is uh, anthony fauci and he's defending his actions here as he prepares to retire well he's not retiring he's actually going in he's going to make money more money now more than he could in the government listen to what he says here about uh, how he handled lockdown the primary goal when you're dealing with a situation where the hospitals were being overrun in New York, intensive care units were being put in hallways, you have to do something that's rather draconian. And sometimes when you do draconian things, it has collateral negative consequences. Wow. So he admits he did draconian, that it was draconian. It didn't work and it was draconian. I mean, that's... All right, when he talks about the hospitals being overrun and everything, you remember when Trump sent that ship that was the hospital ship for... Um, uh-huh, they didn't even use it. They turned it away. They, they so, used, I think they used 17 beds, was the report, out of all... I mean, how many... There were like a 1,000 beds on that thing, right. right? They were supposed to put the people that they ended up putting in nursing, nursing homes, homes on that ship, and they didn't. They were like, nah, mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and kill the elderly. Unbelievable. Yeah, I I am without almost without words. That's just that's just insane. Insane. But he's admitting it. 
but just because, and it didn't work too. They had insult to injury. It didn't even work. But he's admitting that he did something draconian. Yes, it was draconian. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to do some draconian things. And it has, yeah, well, that's not freedom. And if you're going to, my argument, which is not the position I'm taking, but I would argue, well, if you're going to do something draconian, shouldn't you make sure that it works first? Just seems like that's, you know. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Oh, poor Florida. They became home to a record-breaking number of New Yorkers in August. But unless those people, if they're now, if they're voting to not recreate New York and Florida, then that's cool. A monthly record, 5,833 New Yorkers changed their driver's licenses to Florida last month. That is from New York Post. They analyzed data from Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. That brought the year's total to over 41,000 New Yorkers leaving New York for Florida. One month. Wow. They said the exodus had to do with the lockdowns and pandemics. But after that, it was rising crime. And uh, that's that really kind of did it. And they drove them all down there. They said New York was unlivable, particularly for younger couples who had kids. And uh, so basically like people's in the, people in the 30s and 40s. That was that's like the bulk of it. Wow. A chief deputy, Harris County was arrested in an undercover prostitution sting in Montgomery County, according to the sheriff. They said Precinct uh, Assistant Chief Deputy Brian Harris was among the 14 people arrested by Montgomery County's organized crime unit at a local hotel, according to the sheriff. This is in Texas. So they said that he was among 14 people arrested. The sting was conducted with the Human Trafficking Alliance. He was charged with solicitation. That's a felony. He's being held in Montgomery County Jail on bond at $1,500. Whew, he's been relieved of duty, thankfully. See? You back good enforcement of constitutional law. Don't back things blindly. The Stranger Thing House. Man, they really had to go out of their way to, to get this location. So everybody knows Stranger Things. This was Will Byers' house. And it was in the first and second, I think, season of Stranger Things. It's owned by seven siblings. It's like way out in Fayetteville, Georgia. And it's 1,800 square feet. It's tucked away on a pretty remote property. And it's going for $300,000 just because of the association with Stranger Things. It looks like it's a beautiful area. I mean, I love the fact that it's by nobody. That's the value right there. Stay with us. we got more to come. We have 6 million job openings. As you just said, it's going to hurt business in our country. It's going to hurt our economy. And in some cases, I think it's, it's a bigger threat to our economy than inflation is at this point, than a recession, because we need to fill these jobs. And then with all that President Biden has done with the CHIPS bill and the Infrastructure Bill and the Inflation Reduction Act, that's about creating more jobs, more manufacturing jobs. Companies are still growing in America. Uh, businesses want to expand in America. What? Holy wow. Uh... This is nuts. So first off, welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. This audio is Labor Secretary is the Labor Secretary saying labor shortages are a bigger stretch to the economy than inflation or a recession. Um I think he's got the order of things wrong. And yes, Kane. Also, if that were true, they would have never locked down the country. Not <laughs> true. They would have never locked it down. They would have said that that's a stupid idea because if it's worse than inflation and recession, why would you do it? Exactly. If it was, there you go, right there. 
Ooh, I'm telling you. So I I have like a bunch of headlines on this. So we're, we've been talking about uh, everything. I got some wokery, but I, I really want to touch on this is going to be the big thing. The ESG, the environmental standards guidance, because a lot of that, you know, to this to the point of this audio, if you want to have a discussion about labor shortages, trying to meet this arbitrary, completely predicated upon fabricated science of ESG uh, and the in the climate, you know, cult coalition. That's going to cost more jobs. We talked about some of the costs in the inflation bill that are associated with a lot of the green policies that he's trying to push in this. Let me share a couple of things here. Let me share some of this. I thought this was a joke when I first actually uh, saw the story. It was in the New York Times. And I was I didn't think that this was actually a thing and it and it is. Um, the story reads, Europe is sacrificing its ancient forests for energy. Governments bet billions on burning timber for green power. Wait, green power? Green power. That was not supposed to be part of the EU's green strategy, right? I mean, I'm reading this. They were subsidizing wood burning. Renewable fuel. They wanted to move away from coal and gas. Get into chips and pellets that that was going to first they were going to turn sawdust waste into green power. They gave that market a ton of subsidies. And now. They're going after their forests like super old forests. And now with the Russian energy crunch because of uh, the Nordstrom pipeline, as Karine Jean-Pierre calls it. They, I mean, they said forests in Finland and Estonia, they were once seen as key assets for reducing carbon from air. They're now the source of so much logging to get the trees for uh, renewable energy that the EU, what is it? The EU scientific, whatever, they now see them as carbon emitters. So just to recap, over in Europe, they were trying to move everything to the renewable energy and now we're burning down all their forests and logging everything, logging so much that it's now considered a carbon, top carbon emitter. Well, there's more. The industry has become so big that they can't even keep track of it now. The official research from the EU says they couldn't identify the source of 120 million metric tons of wood used across the continent last year. 120 million metric tons of wood. It is a gap bigger than the size of Finland's entire timber industry. And researchers say the majority was most likely burned for heating and electricity. The EU consumes more wood pellets than any other region. That's from Bioenergy Europe. Now, the European Parliament, the EU, they're going to vote on a bill 
uh, that's going to eliminate most of the industry subsidies and prohibit countries from burning whole trees to meet their clean energy targets. They say only energy from wood waste like sawdust would qualify as renewable and thus be eligible for subsidies. <laughs> you see the problem with that, Kane? I do. You do? Mm-hmm. But now, a bunch of these European governments, they say, okay, now is not the time to meddle with this very important in energy industry because they're pointing to the, to the, to the uh, Nord Stream 1 pipeline. Oh, sorry, the Nordstrom, as Jean-Pierre Jean calls it. They said that because of all of that is in jeopardy, they said that we absolutely have to be able to burn this for, for energy. So there have been protesters out in the streets. French authorities have already warned of rolling blackouts this winter. And all of these, there's a bunch of internal documents that the press got a hold of, and they show that in Central Europe and in a bunch of these Nordic countries in particular, that they're really, really pushing to keep these wood subsidies going. Scientists were like, we told you so. What? I, Latvia said that there's going to be a negative impact on investment and businesses. Denmark said, you know, these need to be left to each individual government. Um, all of this. They, and the EU is like, well, we've been a leader in setting green policies. Really, though? Because now look what's happening. I mean, this is one of the stupidest things. You're, you're going through your lumber. The EU required countries to meet these stupid renewal, renewable energy, totally arbitrary targets while Russia decides to cut off their exports. Oh, my gosh. I, I just can't. And so this is what they've been doing in the name of grain. <laughs> in the name of grain. I really want to be able to share that image, but I can't, Kane. You can't put stuff in Slack that I can't share. Of course I can. Oh, my gosh. But um, There you go. Just If you're talking about scientists and all that, you know, um, I just have a science mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. What do plants breathe? Oh, Kane, that would be carbon dioxide. That is true, carbon dioxide. So... Why are we worried about carbon dioxide? It's what plants crave. I know, it totally is. So <laughs> it's not green if you're going to cut off the breathing of plants. Mm. That's yeah. true. It's it's mind-boggling. This is but but see they wanted to the EU was like, "Well, we came up with the Paris Accord, so now we're going to try to comply with it." And so to comply with it, everybody started burning wood. To get away from coal. And <laughs> now look at it. What, else do do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, so they, so they, they went after the, what is it? The, is there a sawdust industry? Or is it just a pellet industry? I don't know. Big sawdust? I don't know. <laughs> Big pellet. <laughs> I had a dresser made of sawdust back in the 90s. Oh, my gosh. So, I, I mean, if they're, if they're making everybody go back to sawdust, isn't the whole reason they started burning the trees is because it, the amount of sawdust was insufficient? Yeah. But also, how do you get sawdust is the thing. Well, the sawdust fairies bring it. I mean, obviously. <laughs> it's not dust. From Nordstrom? Right. It's not dust from a saw that's been sitting for a year. <laughs> that's not how it works.
boy, a lot of people are going to have to start like buying some Ikea. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. Man, I don't want to give anybody ideas, but I'm just saying, you know that's going to happen. Well, if we subsidize Ikea, people just buy, you know, the Ikea furniture, then we'll... This is the problem when government gets involved in stuff. Yeah. So Complete the, logic there wasn't the a, So they're like, we're going to subsidize sawdust and pellets. Oh my gosh, there's not enough sawdust or sawdust to make the pellets. So let's just go after the whole trees. So then let's go after the old growth. And then went, oh my gosh. So they're for green utopia, they're eating their forests. This is how ridiculous this is. It re- I was actually surprised to see this in the New York Times. Now, I will say, I was reading through. Let me just check real quick, just to make sure before I say this. Uh, okay, so when I do a control F and I try to search the page for the term Paris Accord, that doesn't come up, interestingly enough, which you would think that it would in this piece because it was the Paris Accord that put them all in this position. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Hmm. 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 Yeah, I'm sure everybody's going to get right on that. Yeah. Golly. So that is, yeah, that's, there you go. Now, I want to share with you this piece from Free Beacon. I'm shaking my head here. You want to hear it? Here it is. So in rural Kentucky, the Biden administration is placing vending machines filled with drug supplies. Are they trying to kill people? It's a $3.6 million project. So the country's overdose epicenter is in rural Kentucky. And the Biden administration is like, you know what? We're going to make it easier. Here's some syringes. Not even kidding. That's not a fake story. I'm not pulling your leg. I promise. That's a real thing. So. So when, when it says drug supplies, mm-hmm. like, is that a supply of drugs also? Do you get to buy drugs out of the damn the pro- It's from the National Institutes of Health. They're going to study the effectiveness. That's a questionable word of what they call harm reduction kiosks in rural Appalachia. That contain injection equipment, uh, naloxone, naloxone, how do you say, how you say cucumber, I'm going to be uh, Baldwin's wife for a second, how you say cucumber, how do you pronounce that, naloxone, N- naloxone, naloxone, fentanyl test strips, hygiene kits, prophylactics and other supplies. They will allow drug users to obtain items like syringes, so they don't, so they can eliminate the stigma that comes with visiting an in-person facility. How dare you shame someone for their illicit and dangerous drug use? How dare you? The Look, most deadly thing you can do is inject an illegal drug, an illegal substance. Remember when they made fun of uh, Trump because they said, which he didn't say, to drink bleach? Right. Literally, the Biden administration is going, inject yourself! Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this was after the fun crack pipe kit that they had. Now, it's a $30 million harm reduction grant program. That was through the Department of Health and Human Services. So you know this is all tax dollars. Now, I don't, 
the University of Kentucky wouldn't uh, respond because apparently it's going to be like in this. Uh, I, I guess they were working with the National Institute on Drug Abuse, which heads the project at NIH. They said that the drug that the uh, vending machines also will include food kits, water socks, gloves, wound care, some other things. They wouldn't they wouldn't respond to anything else about the about the program. So just to recap, in what is described as the overdose capital in the United States, the Biden administration is <laughs> they're putting actual drug supply kiosks that have the syringes and everything in them because Kane, you don't want to create a stigma you don't want a stigma associated you want them to avoid any kind of judgment while shooting up narcotics how dare you so you don't care about their life you just care about what it looks like you don't you, you're so there are people who are actually so concerned about what others think of them, that they will actually make it easier for people to do like serious harmful drugs and an overdose. How does making, giving them more syringes stop overdoses? That's like saying in order to stop you from speeding your car, we're going to make it go faster. Or it's like to pursue chastity, become a prostitute. How does that work? Yes, make sure you sign up for Chapter and Verse, my newsletter, over at Substack. Lots of good stuff that comes out of there regularly. Oh, I just saw this too. India dashes U.S. hopes on oil price cap. Oh, man. We will buy from Russia. We'll buy from wherever. Oh, boy. You know, we really should have, I think, done more to make them friends because they did say they're, they're fighting with China right now, but... Well, somewhat, kind of, over some disputed territory. It's, you know, that's a long story. Uh, but Moscow and Beijing, they signed to a new agreement to trade oil in the uh, in rubles and, and the, uh, yeah, the yen. And they said that this was the U.S. Deputy Treasury Secretary who said he hopes China and India will join the G7's price cap on Russian oil. And India's basically saying, no, we'll buy from Russia, we'll buy from wherever. Oh, boy. This is, I'm telling, boy, great job. Great, great job, Biden administration. Great job. Today's stupidity, Kane. All right. Dr. Fauci says everyone will need to get a yearly COVID shot for the rest of their lives. And then Biden's COVID advisor, Ashish Jha, believe God gave us two arms for some reason. Listen to what he says. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. Yeah, that's, um, uh, that's a hard pass for me. Yeah, I don't think so. That's not how we're going to. So no. my arms, my choice. I have two things, too, like I said. Just saying. Just saying. Folks, that does it for us today. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. Sign up to Chapter and Verse over at Substack. Follow us on Official Dana Lash at Facebook, YouTube. Like and subscribe. Back with you tomorrow.